Welcome to Listener's Advisory, the San Diego Public Library podcast. Today's show is all about zines. We'll meet the curator of SDPL Zine Collection at the Central Library, as well as the organizer of the SD Zine Fest, our city's annual celebration of zine culture. So stick around. This should be fun. In 2015, the San Diego Central Library embarked on developing a new collection of ephemeral material in the 8th floor Art, Music, and Recreation service area. The zine collection is a loose assortment of mostly handmade, small circulation, self-published booklets. Zines, derived from the word magazine, serve as an ideal platform for marginalized content creators that don't enjoy access to popular publishing outlets. By housing the zine collection, the San Diego Public Library provides a community access point to a network of unheard or muffled voices from San Diego and beyond. So the zine collection is made up of fanzines that are donated by creators and collectors. We have about 800 zines in the collection. Hi everyone, my name is uh, Ernesto Vasquez. I'm a library assistant three with the San Diego Central Library and I am the current curator for the San Diego Central Library zine collection. The zine collection is a diverse one. In it, you can find materials of various genres. So there's a little bit of everything in our zine collection. We have uh, zines on poetry, photography, films, politics, health, music, personal stories. Uh, Some of my favorite ones, we have the Mushroom Identification Field Guide. It's called the Radical Mycology. And then we just got one called Mazel Tov Cocktail, which is was a zine from the 90s that deals with punk culture in the Jewish community. Pretty interesting. One of my favorites is How to Find the Right Bicycle for You, created by Bikesto Pueblo out of City Heights. You can even find old copies of Search and Destroy, the San Francisco-based punk scene that featured artists such as The Zeros, Dead Kennedys, and William Burroughs. However, these gems can't be taken home with you. So the collection doesn't circulate, it's primarily reference. By reference, he means that our zines can't be checked out. Because many of these items are rare or one of a kind and can't be replaced, the collection is for in-house use only. As far as the content and restrictions, we try to add practically almost everything except for content that is racist, sexist, discriminatory, or just extremely vulgar. Because zines can be loosely defined, past and current curators chose to observe some limits when developing the collection. We're not interested in hate propaganda, nor are we interested in collecting pornography, both of which have at times been passed off as zines. What do we got here? The Harbor, this is the local, local California zine maker here. Nice, nice. Here's one, the do-it-yourself guide to fighting the big motherfucking sad. <laughs> Chirac. What else we got here? Chainsaw vertebrae. While we recommend you visit the collection in person, it does have an online component. Yeah, so they, they can check out the physical collection here at the Central Library on the 8th floor. Digitally, we do have a page on Tumblr where we catalog the collection. Uh, You can find us by searching SD Public Library in Tumblr. In addition to social media purposes, the Tumblr also serves as a makeshift catalog. 
By utilizing hashtag subject headings, curators have been able to create an improvised inventory system which patrons can use to search by title, author, and various subject headings attributed to each zine. And let's say they're looking for zines on graffiti. They can type graffiti and find all the zines in our collection that talk about or are about Graffiti. Additionally, the Tumblr also serves to connect zine makers and their fans, enthusiasts, or other researchers. Each entry or post on the Tumblr links back to a digital contact point for the zine creator, whether it be a website, social media account, or published email address. Yeah, so uh, we include a link to the artist page. So if anyone's interested in uh, you know, discovering more about certain artists, they can uh, visit the artist's website. Now six years old, the zine collection has been a popular and valuable resource. This can be attributed to the collection's diversity and breadth. In addition to our standing call for donations, we've developed relationships with other zine libraries around the country, exchanging dupes and extras, as well as best practices and practical tips for running a successful zine collection. The ultimate goal for our zine library is further expansion. Yeah, so we want the collection to keep growing. We're here to offer a platform for independent authors and scene makers to showcase their work with the community. In practice, the zine collection has proven to be a place for community, connection, and the sharing of ideas. If you have a zine and you'd like to donate it, please donate it. Doesn't matter if you think it's not good enough. Our collection is here for you so you can share your story. If you've never heard of zines, come check us out. It's a treasure trove of information. You can probably grab a zine at random and come away learning something you did not know. Visit the zine collection on the eighth floor of the Central Library in the Art, Music, and Recreation Service Area. If you can't make it downtown, be sure to visit mysdpl.org forward slash zines and give our Tumblr a follow. From there, you can see cover images of our existing collection as well as new additions in your timeline as we add them. If you'd like to donate zines to the collection, you can do so by mail or in person. Please see our show notes for our address and further contact information. The San Diego Zine Fest is an annual free, all-ages festival that celebrates creativity, human connection, and the sharing of information. Traditionally held during a single weekend in October, this year's festival takes place October 8th through the 17th for an entire 10-day period. The festival invites zine makers, collectors, and enthusiasts to come together to exhibit their work, attend panels, enjoy music, learn new skills, and engage with community. It's interesting. I think in general, what you expect to find is a hundred plus different creative people expressing themselves and just uh, just the San Diego like vibe and energy that you you don't really get exposed to much, you know, because it's not a bar scene. It's not a club. It's not the beach. It's not a game. It's not a concert. It's it's not an art show. But yet we kind of pick a little bit of all of that and and just kind of you get it for like a quick 30 minutes or an hour you know you kind of go in and you catch it and then you kind of go about your day and and you learn something new every time you walk by a table you're going to see something different and every piece of material you come across that person made it gina is the festival's founder and lead organizer she's one of several folks that have been making zine fest happen for the past eight years it started in 2013 i'd come back home from a trip 
And I like open my backpack and I'm with my friend and I'm showing him all these zines that I got from, you know, Oakland and the Bay Area and just like, oh my God, you know, like showing him. And he's like, oh, this is amazing. Like everything, you know, like skate zines, graffiti zines, obscure poetry zines. And he was like, I've never seen anything like this. And I'm like, you never seen anything like that? You know, there's some amazing people here. And then I grabbed zines from San Diego zine makers uh, and started showing him. I'm like, oh, you should see so-and-so's work or so-and-so's work. And they never heard of it. I'm like, oh. I'm like, why am I, like, this is ridiculous. After seeing what was possible in other cities and understanding the tremendous talent in San Diego, she knew she had to take action. San Francisco Zine Fest was going on 10 years. And I just, like, I had moved back home. And I'm just like, what is up, San Diego? Why does it always end up like this sometimes? We're like, we're, we're so far ahead and yet we're so behind, you know? Like, I think we just, like, we keep things to ourselves. We don't want to share it sometimes. So we just, like, it's just underground, you know? Like, even to the underground, it's underground. <laughs> like, sometimes, like, so I was like, like, oh, that's it. I'm done. That's it. Like, I think I'm just going to organize a San Diego Zine Fest. Gina's initial experiences with zine culture go back much further. So my introduction to zines was a more political kind of uh, political because political at the time I didn't know. But I was in a group called Youth Organizing Communities. And so I was an advocate for student rights as a teenager. So I would go. um, I actually got to go to Oakland and I got to go to New York because I got to speak on student rights. As a youth organizer, she was exposed to diverse and creative forces. So it was Know Your Rights kind of um, kind of era of my teenage youth. And all of a sudden I started coming across these, like what I thought were like pamphlets, but was basically uh, were zines. And they were just information passed along and alternative information passed along. And it was kind of like reading something like, I knew this, like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. Like, how come we're not talking about it? Once she put it all together, she was hooked. Like being in the Bay Area where there's music is usually combined with a lot of political movements or art movements, you know, it's like hand in hand. These bands were also making zines. So I didn't know they were zines. I just was like, people are putting their information on paper and and giving it out, you know, because it was free. Usually it was free or it was like, oh, a donation, a dollar or two, you know. So that was my introduction to zines. It was politics and and music, I guess. (laughs) Once I came across them, there was just no going back. It was just, just, it was freedom. What folks new to zine culture should understand is that it generally subscribes to a larger do-it-yourself philosophy. I think it's mostly the empowerment of it, finding a way to organize it yourself. So if you aren't in like zine culture in particular, finding a way to get something out there, whether it be like publication restrictions, financial restrictions, a lot of DIY culture, you know, doing it yourself, that group of people tend to like find other people that are like similar to them because they have been put in these situations where they're limited. However, do-it-yourself ethos doesn't mean by yourself. The group of folks that make ZineFest happen is extensive. So basically it's like, it's a group of us that unite once a year. So it's not this running like co-op of people that are doing this every month or even talk about it every month. You know, it's basically like, They all have jobs. Some of them have kids. Some of them are, you know, like limited on their schedules. And they're just like, let me know when, let me know where, and let me know what I can do. That is the group of us who we are. I'm the main founder. Another founder, Justin Italian, who does all the graphics, but he kind of stays out of the 
the logistics part. There's there's like a team we're trying to build our team. Um, part of that team is Girlzina Gogo, which is an archival group here in San Diego that archives uh, Riot Girl Zines. Uh, Margaret is definitely one of the main people. And then there's Tommy uh, Ramirez. He is a principal for a high school. So he has always been an advocate for us on what we do and our work with the youth. There's Raul, who's like an amazing, amazing DJ and music. Um, he's just really talented. He's always, he gets the ethos of what the fest is trying to do. And he tries to like bring in other like, musical acts i think his favorite thing to do is to get uh djs to play with us that always have this expected set list or set style to play and then when they come play with us it's like what they want to hear and then there's definitely cuts as well cuts i've known him uh since i was younger too in the south bay he brings a sound system and he is just all about the lifestyle of what we're doing and he's just like he he shows up the day of i don't i may not talk to him all year and then all of a sudden an hour before the fest starts he's setting up the whole sound system and he's there all day um there's also another person jason uh he has been great with getting us like sponsorship and then he's just the type that shows up and will do anything like he's just like he'll carry whatever needs to be carried he'll go have conversations with people that we need to have conversations with with last year's closures zine fest like everyone else was forced to pivot there's zine fest all over the world so being able to look at what our brothers and sisters are doing all over the world was like okay where are they at what's going on and then kind of deciding like what is good for us and our local community of zine makers is where we hadn't kind of needed to go in that direction, but um, it was hard, but we pivoted when um, I think I realized again, when I, I've traveled a lot and I've been lucky to travel a lot and everywhere I've gone, I have connected with zine organizers. So it kind of just hit me like, why don't I contact them? Like the Italian zine fest or, you know, Barcelona or Istanbul zine fest and Amsterdam zine jam. Like, you know, we always said that one day we're going to like broadcast it live from each other's fest, you know, like, Oh, like, you know, share the, share the stage and be like, Hey, you know, we could see you over there. You could see us, you know, and then years go by and it hasn't happened. True to her own DIY ethos. She found a way to make it work. So my friend Denise from Istanbul, and who also now organizes the Vienna um, Zine Fest. I hit him up and he was like, yes, let's do it. We've talked about it for years. So we were able to do a Q&A live. And then we had people, a healing zine from London. And it was just, it was great. You know, um, Adam Gennady, who um, he's an author. He lives, he was living in Kansas at the time, would always travel to the Zine Fest. So he was really bummed he couldn't make it. And he was bummed that, you know, he was out there and he couldn't come out here with his friends. So we did a live reading. Also, one of uh, the exhibitors, Chikla, for years, he's been making zines with his high school students. And they've always been exhibitors at the Zine Fest. But this year, we were like, let's talk to you as a teacher. Let's talk to you as an educator and how you incorporate zines into your classroom. With the world still in the midst of a pandemic, last year's pivot has informed this year's festival. This year, I don't really know what to expect. <laughs> it's going to be new. So... Last year we were virtual. That was different, especially for a printed, you know, a, a festival that's about printed matter. <laughs> it was really interesting to be virtual, but it was good because it allowed us to have conversations that we don't have the time to do because all we're focused on is the in-person printed matter. We're trying to do something at a lower risk, meaning that a lot of exhibitors and a lot of people may not feel comfortable 
being in a surrounding environment full of people. So instead of two days, we stretched it to 10 days and we're taking over Good Faith Gallery and to do an install there. So basically you can go during their regular gallery hours and trip out on some work that, you know, mostly archival work and um, just kind of get to know what zines are in on your own time between the hours of 11 to four. So you don't feel pressured, you know, you're not surrounded with a bunch of people. And then on the weekend, we're going to have our zine makers there, you know, for two different, I guess, four days of zine makers. So we're limiting it, which is rare. Uh, we normally have like 100 per day. So this year we're going to have 20 to 30 per day. So it's going to be spread out, you know, and um, you can kind of come and go. But we're going to have workshops as well. And then the installation. So it's like definitely like a more chill like version of us and a little bit more stretched out, but definitely the energy is going to be there. While ZineFest is for the community, it relies on it too. It's a full circle relationship that makes it unique to San Diego, but universal to zine culture at large. This integral concept has been central to Gina's motivations from the gate. One of my friends gave me advice when I approached them about organizing the zine fest and they said look around in your community you know you have we all have a community around us of whatever we may be doing look around like see if anybody else is doing it or if anybody else wants to do it and reach out to them and unite and I think that that's important in small scale and large scale you know like reaching out to the festival in another country you know or reaching out to our neighbors in Tijuana like Creating builds bridges and to never forget that, to continue to build bridges, to continue to create. The San Diego Zine Fest runs October 8th through the 17th online and at the Good Faith Gallery. Visit www.sandiegozinefest.com for further information. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'd like to thank our guests, Ernesto Vasquez and Gina. As always, thanks to Pete Meisner and Luke Henshaw for contributing original music, and a special shout to my good friend DJ Sonny Fono. Sonny's been listening to this podcast since episode one, providing feedback, advice, and even connecting me with guests. Appreciate you, bud. For information about materials or the event mentioned in this episode, please see our show notes or visit us at www.sandiego.gov forward slash SDPL podcast. If you like what we're doing here at Listener's Advisory, please consider sharing our podcast on your social media, leave us a rating or review via your favorite podcast directory, or tell someone you know about us. Thanks in advance.